Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out to what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. All the windows of heaven. We know everything comes through the hands of the Father, and we know the Father is in heaven. Amen? Now, if you found the third chapter, I want you to turn to the tenth verse. And, of course, this isn't anything new to us. Uh, we realize that we, you know, the church doesn't believe in the, in, in the commandments, but, uh, as I said, every pastor in the world uses the law, anyway, to uh, beat you over the head with out of Malachi to get you given the money. So it says in the tenth verse, third chapter of Malachi, says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now, you know, I have always said that there are some things, and there are few things in God's Word that are really, really easy to collect. And this happens to be one. This happens to be an area that if people will participate in, they can come out a winner, and you don't have to do anything but do what? Give your tithe. Give, give an offering if you can. But give, it, give your tithes. Because God says, you know, He says, prove me. Prove me. But really what I want you to look at tonight is is that he's saying, if you will tithe, if you'll bring the tithe to the storehouse, he said, and I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. We are all interested in the blessings of God, or we should be. And I, I know for me and my family, we seek the face of God to be blessed so that we can do what? We can live on this earth and we can do the things that God wants us to do and in the manner in which He wants to get it done. You know, I've always said, God wants to bless us so we can be a blessing. Amen? That's really what it's all about. That if He blesses us, you know, these people that hoard their, their the blessings. You know, I, in some of these cities that I'm traveling to, I, I, I've said things, and, and one of the things that Don and I was talking about today that I've said very, very strongly is that, that we're coming to the time this bird flu thing is going to come. It's going to do exactly what the vision that God gave me is going to happen. And what's going to happen is there's going to be the greatest economic crush or crash that's ever happened. The stock market's going to shut down. The economy is going to go, go, go down. And then what are we going to do? So here was the warning I've given the people. Don't you let this happen to you and lose the money that you have hoarded in the banks or in savings accounts, or wherever, and that money will be no good when this thing happens. And you can help the kingdom of God now. You better help the kingdom now. Don't you don't you get yourself in a position, bless God, that, that, that when this happens, you're sitting around with all that money in the bank, because I'm going to tell you what, now I've prophesied this for years, that money's not going to be worth lighting the, the trash out back with. Then uh, somebody asked me, so what do you think that's when we're going to see the the, the, the one world money system come in. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that part, but I will say this, that it'd be a great opportunity for that to be, uh, 
to be uh, brought to the forefront. And I'm sure that uh, uh, the, some of the people that are that we call the Illuminati, I'm sure, would be very, very quick to want to jump in there and try to help us all out. Let's go to Genesis, the seventh chapter. So the key here is that evidently God can control heaven. And why couldn't He? Because He's God. Amen? Yahweh. And, and, and evidently, He can make, evidently He can make decisions from there as to opening up the windows of heaven and pouring out blessings as He would want to do that. Evidently He can do that, because that's exactly what we're told there. So the key now is for you and I to examine the Word and find in the Word how you and I can participate in these blessings. Now, to be have blessings and, and, and that would hunt you down and overtake you would be something to have. Most of us, bless God, just to have a blessing would be thrilled. But God is in a bigger, a bigger business to have a blessing. Genesis 7, 11 and 12. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day where all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. Now there again, the heavens were opened. And the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. So we see here that the windows are open, and this time we're talking about rain that came from heaven. But the windows of heaven had to be opened in order for that to happen. Now, let's look over into, if you will, the eighth chapter, the first three verses there. And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and and the waters asseraged. That's a nice word. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained. The waters returned off the earth continually. And after the end of the 150 days, the waters were abated. Now, again, the key was that God opened the windows up and He shut the windows. Okay? The windows of heaven were stopped. In other words, He, he had to have shut the windows. So He opened the windows in order for all that rain to come down. And he said that he was going to destroy this earth and everything in it, uh, save Noah and his and the animals, and he did just that. So God is, a, God is definitely a God of His Word. And I don't think that that's too hard for you and I to understand. But I'll tell you one thing I do think is difficult for the church to understand, is that God is a God that cannot repent of what He has said. See, I, I always have understood... God said that if you will do this over here, then I will do this over here that I told you I'd do. In other words, the covenant that He made with us, or the agreement or the contract. But what we as, as, as humans seem to think, that God seems to think us, and thinks so much of us, and He does, that, bless God, we don't have to do this, that He'll still bless us even if we don't. And what we've not come to grips with, He can't. He cannot bless us beyond what His Word says. Now, there are definitely times and places where God has greatly, through this Bible, we read where He blessed the people. And, 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 but we also see that those same blessings can get out of hand. Let's go to Exodus, the ninth chapter. We're going to kind of walk back through here a ways. Exodus 9. 
And we're going to read here. I think it's so interesting. So interesting. Once you can get the concept and, and the consistency of this God that we serve, He's a consistent God. And I, I sometimes, you know, you get to, we, I look at all this and I'm wondering, well, how does people think He's just going to do that when He's always done it that way, and then all of a sudden He's going to make a new rule? No, God doesn't have any new rules. Exodus 9, 22. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch forth thine hand toward heaven, that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt upon man, upon beast, and upon every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. Now, notice what he told him. He said, what did he do? He said, stretch up your hand. Stretch up your hand. Now, isn't that something that he was telling him that, that, that bless God, that it was toward heaven again. And Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and the fire ran along upon the ground, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with the, with the hail, very grievous, such as there was none like in it all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast. And the hail smote every herb of the field and break every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. So evidently, when God opens up the heavens and, in this case, sent this hail, He also has protection. And I think this is something that we really, 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 really need to grab onto and get into our spirit, man. We have to understand that. You know, I made, I made the comment. I, I watched in Canada this past week as I told them that the 91st Psalm was not for the church. And I mean, they got eyes, got big. You could see the frowns upon their faces. And then after I went into it and I just simply said, I said, well, if it is, then why doesn't it work? I said, that's the only question I have. And I said, let me tell you something. It happens to be that that 91st Psalm is what? For those that keep Torah. For those that keep the law. Those that have man God. Now, that we're about to come into a time. And see, uh, you know, we just finished the series about first uh, falling away. We're coming to a time with this bird flu that's coming that there's going to be a great falling away because once the church sees that no, the church, the pastors, are not going to be able to do anything for them. Once they see that, then bless God, what are they going to do? Well, I wouldn't be going somewhere where I couldn't get help. But now here's the key for those of us that understand what's being taught. But isn't it just like God to sin? Did God not send His Word to Noah? And did not Noah tell everybody there was going to be a flood? He did. And bless God, what did they do? They mocked and they, they called Him what a fool. Now, I want to ask you something. Do you think it's a whole lot different right here today where we're at? We are. I'm traveling every direction in the United States, staying much busier than Don and I want to stay. But the fact of it is, it's necessary. But do you think that you think why people don't? Nah, that's not going to happen. We'll just use the blood of Jesus. It'll work. No, it won't work. It won't work because that's not the way things are. Now, you know, I don't. I don't think that anybody, including even me has any great realization of how quickly this thing's going to transpire after it begins to take place. But it's going to. But the fact of it is, for those of us that bless God that will keep Torah, those of us that will keep Torah, then bless God, I'm going to tell you something, the 91st Psalm is going to work. 
And it's not going to come nigh our dwellings. It's going to stay away from us. And bless God, we are going to be unscathed during this whole thing. Now, has God, as God opens up heaven, and He has, and this prophet saw the open vision and began to warn the people, tell them there's a plague coming, and that plague is going to scourge this world with millions upon millions of people dying. And here's what you can do to escape it. Now, is that a whole lot different than what Noah did? No. It's not a bit different than what Noah did. And let me tell you something else. When, when God opened up heaven, the heavens, and began to rain down and let that, and let that plague begin to do what it began to do in the chickens, alright, then bless God, what did He do? There is the Goshen, there is the Goshen, there are the people of God that bless God that did not get rained down upon. And I hope you can get a hold of that tonight. Cause we are, we are they. We, we are they. It will not come near us. It will not come nice. But then, then we have all these uh, these people that it's going to come. All these church-going people that this thing's going to uh, uh, you know, going to get after. And you know, in that vision, I saw that man carrying that little girl about four years old to the grave, and he was crying. And he looked up to heaven and he said, "Lord, I don't understand. I'm I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost." But he said, "Why did the 91st Psalm not protect me?" And that is going to cause such a rage, and you mark my words, that's going to cause such a rage that the vision that I had years ago, and I told the people, I said, I, I, I said, when the people find out that there's not going to be a pre-tribulation rapture, or a rapture through any of the tribulation period, that bless God, then when this thing starts coming down, they're going to be going to the homes of these pastors and what I saw was I just saw them shaking their fists and their faces and dragging them outside and beating the, beating the tar out of them, as we say. Because why? They said, why have you lied to us? Why did you not tell us the truth? But there's been people trying to tell them the truth. The problem we have had is we have had too many like-minded spirit people of the wrong side of the spirit, not, not the spirit of God, but actually the spirit of darkness, that have heard these things, thought them to be true, and sold it to the people. I'm going to tell you something, what, it, what it's going to go down in the history of mankind. It's going to go down in the history of mankind that that was the biggest dupe that was ever put upon any people in any time, place of this world, was Christianity. And how that it got away from the things of God, got over here and it got out of control. We made up our own religion and we lived it so and we said, well, all there was was Jesus. And that's what happened to us. Now it's time to pay the piper. Amen. Let's go, let's go to the tenth chapter of Exodus. And it will be twenty-one. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand toward heaven that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. Now, there it is again. Of course, that you, you go through this thing and you'll see, of course, and I know you know that, is that's what went on. But the, the point being again, where did it come from? It came from heaven. It came from heaven. So, so now at this point, obviously, we can see what? We can see... The good things come from heaven and the bad things. Let's go to Matthew, the 14th chapter of Matthew. Matthew 14. Matthew 14. 
Now, this, and, and, and this, of course, Yeshua was, Jesus was uh, dealing here with them, the miracle of the loaves. The 19th verse, 14th chapter of Matthew. And it says, And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and his disciples to the multitude. Now, evidently, Yeshua knew something, didn't he? He knew that that was from, from whence it was going to be blessed, from whence it was going to come, because he lifted it up. Now, now, if you're with us on Shabbat, when we, when we have the table and we have the kola, I take the two loaves of kola, and what do I do? I lift those two loaves of kola to heaven, don't I? And ask the Lord God to bless them. What do we do when we take the Kaddish? We take the wine and we hold it to heaven, don't we? We ask the Lord God to what? To bless it. That is what it's all about. So, so the, the understanding is that everything, again, comes through the hands of the Father. Everything. Now, you know, we have a contingency of the church that truly believes that God never in any way, shape, or form would be involved in any way with judgment. And that's sad, but it's true. I can't tell you how many people will say, well, God would never do that. God would never permit that to be done. That, that, that isn't God. How can you even say that that was God that did it? Well, if all things come through the hands of the Father, which they do, then you have to understand if it's given, if God's given permission to the powers of darkness or to, to His His angelic force, it really doesn't make any difference because coming through the hands of the Father, He's the one that has to do it or give the permission that it's done. And so it's important to understand that. So Yeshua understood that. Let's go back in the book of Leviticus. Leviticus. And we're going to allow shot way past that. Leviticus 26. Leviticus 26. And the fourth verse. Leviticus 26. I'm sorry, 14. But if you will not hearken unto me, and will not do all these commandments, and if you shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor my judgments, so that you will not do all my commandments, but that you break my covenant, I also do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terrors, consumption, a burning ague, and, and shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart, and you shall sow your seed in vain for your enemies. Uh, shall eat it. Now, of course, we went through this and talked much about this in Deuteronomy 28, which it is talked about there also, that, that uh, all this stuff comes upon us. That's the reason, the blessed God, that the, the, the believers of today, the Christians of today, are sick and all the things happening to them. Why? Because we broke the, we broke the covenant. If we hadn't broken the covenant, nobody would be sick. Can you understand that? And it's important that you do. He said, I will set my face against you, the 17th verse. He said, I will set my face against you, and you shall be slain before your enemies. They that hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when none, none per, uh, pursueth you. And if you will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins, and I will break the pride of your power, and I will make your heaven as iron and your earth as brass." And your strength shall be spent in vain, and your land shall not 
yield her increase, neither shall the trees of the land yield her their fruits. Now, what's he just simply saying? You don't keep the commandment, and your heaven will end up being brass. Instead of blessings, okay? Instead of blessings, it will be the other way. It'll be it make your heaven as iron as your earth as brass. I'm sorry. So make your heaven as iron, your earth as where again heaven itself controls it all. So if if we can if we can get smart enough here to begin to understand that it is heaven that it is heaven that the Lord God sends forth both his blessings and ultimately his judgment. We could actually say curses, but that would scare the socks off of uh, anybody that weren't true believers, all right? But it is the truth. Now let's go to Deuteronomy and in the 28th uh, the 28th uh, uh, chapter of Deuteronomy. You know this. This is always this. This entirety of this book has always in, enthralled me, knowing the fact that the Lord God said in that very first book, uh, very first uh, verse of the 28th chapter, the whole key is to observe and to do all His commandments. That's a whole key to that. That's the entire key to everything there is with God to observe. You have to observe it, and then you have to do all of it in order for it to happen. Now, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, and, and you know, I, I don't know what happens to people other than it has to be pride. But, you know, we talked, we talk, some of the brothers and I talked before service, and, and we were talking about how it is that people get turned on to keeping Torah, uh, keeping Shabbat, the things that God tells us to keep, and then all of a sudden they go talk to somebody, and somebody just steals it right away from them. But you see, most of us have to realize that, bless God, that we are all accountable for ourselves. And it's sad when we get people that, bless God, that so easily can believe and so easily it be taken away from them. Now, I don't, you know, I don't know what they're going to believe when this thing comes down. But this is going to ring in a lot of people's ears, a lot of people's spirits, because they've been told the truth. And for those people, you know, everywhere I go, every city I go into, I say, you know what God wants? God wants me to deliver the message and let you make the choice. That's what God wants. He wants you to have to make the choice. I'm not here to choose for you. I'm here to give you and represent choice from the hand of God. Then you make the choice, then you decide what it is that you believe that God uh, wants you to do, and then at the end of all of it, uh, some of you are going to be very, very disappointed when this thing comes down, because it will. Uh, the 12th, we'll do the 12th verse, Deuteronomy 28, 12, And the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give rain unto thy land in its season, and to bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend to many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. There again, he's, what's he going to do? He is going to open his good treasure. He's going to give you the benefits. The heaven is going to give rain unto the land in a season. And it will bless the work of the hands. You're not going to lend. You're going to lend to many nations, and you're not going to borrow. Sounds like you're going to be rich, doesn't it? Now, now, now you know, it goes back to this thing, and, and I keep saying, again, as we travel and I say, there's two things about the Jews that nobody can, can bless God gainsay. One is that they're the wealthiest people on the face of this earth, and the second is they're the healthiest. Now, why is that? 
And they're not even Pentecostal, uh, tongue-talking people. To be down to earth with, with what we would like to believe, alright? And I said, what do you suppose that is? It's because they keep the law. It's just that simple. Because they're smart enough to do what it is. Now, you know what that, that, and it's a great point to bring out. That shows me the thing that I have said for over and over and over for years and years and years. Jesus, Yeshua, when He came, He came to do what the law could not do. He came to sacrifice Himself as the Lamb of God, to spill His blood for the remission of sins of all mankind, so that we can now enter into heaven itself. That's what was that was all about. Now, He left us the authority and the power of His name to use here on this earth. That was it. And yet we, we seem to somehow believe that there was much, much, much more to it than that because we begin to, re- to, to represent that coming of His to this earth as being a new testament, a new church, a new covenant, a new way of life that didn't have anything to do with, our, with, the, with the Jews over here. And so we uh, accumulated all this stuff we got together and must have voted. Surely there was a, some men that got together and voted. Surely there wasn't just one man that duped us into all this, or at least I'd hope to think not. But the fact of the matter is, in all of what we have done, in the name of Yeshua, in the name of Jesus, there's very few people walking this earth will attribute the fact that their richness came because they had Yeshua. Okay? Now, well, we, we have a lot of preachers that got on TV and duped a lot of people out of a lot of money and became rich and said, oh, my faith, all right? And I greatly contend, uh, their, 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 especially the attitude of their heart toward that. But the fact of it is, they're the early only ones that you really find other than the people that were born with the, the proverbial uh, silver spoons in their mouths, all right? The rest of us, we're out here beating ourselves against the wall thinking, if I learn one more scripture, if I go to one more seminar where they give us the seven steps on how to prosper, 17 steps on how to be healed, and all these things, we do all these steps, we get it all put together, and we fast three days, and the wind's coming out of the southwest at 10 mile an hour, it might happen. But it didn't. And there's the Jews over there, rich and healthy. And we weren't smart enough to look around and say, Hey, Mac, how come you are and we're not? You don't even have Yeshua. How could it be? It could be because they kept Torah. And that's exactly the way it was. So, so here again, the Lord God is, you know, He's talking here about how He will open uh, the, the good treasure. The heaven will give the rain. The heaven will give the rain. Now, let's stop and talk about this for a minute. Now, I have been in on four, five, six different situations where there was drought. And the drought had been in the land, well, the, the place in Africa, for three and a half years there had been no rain. Three and a half years they had, they had no water. And God said, break the drought and tell them when your feet leave this earth in three days, uh, it will it will begin to rain. So I spoke, and you know, as I spoke, I looked to heaven, 
And I'll never forget when I began to prophesy and I said, and the Lord God will open up the windows of heaven and the rain will come to the earth. And three days after I left that nation, it began to rain and it rained and, and it rained and it rained and it rained, as a matter of fact. And the drought was broken. And, that, and that's the way it happened in the other places. But you see, every time it came from the heavens. And that's what God wants us to understand. His throne room is the key to our entire lives, our entire being. And, and what we did mistakenly, folks, we believed that that, 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 that was the, all wrapped up in the Yeshua. But now listen to me, it was for our eternal life. For our eternal life, that was true. But we still have to live here on this earth. The law, Torah, was to let us to do what? Be wealthy, healthy, and wise, if you will, while we're here on this earth. Our ticket for eternal life, Yeshua, came and, and, and paid the price, and He gave unto us that, but that's not to be used till we give up the ghost, of which we one day... Uh, uh, <clears throat> let's don't talk about that tonight. Maybe we should. Probably we won't see, see the death. Probably we won't. Because we will stand when He comes. Hallelujah. Well, I said it anyhow, didn't I? 23. And thy heaven, and thy heaven is, is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under thy feet shall be iron. Now let's see, I, I, you know, I think we, we went through that before, didn't we? So God's pretty handy about this brass and iron thing from heaven. 24 says this, The Lord shall make the rain of the land powder and dust from heaven, shall it come down upon thee until thou be destroyed. So there again, over, over in the 12th verse, we're seeing it going to rain, and over here in this verse, we're in the 24th verse, we're seeing the Lord God open heaven and, and, and it's going to cause the earth to become powder. Again, Scriptural proof. You know the thing that I love about God? His consistency. And that's the reason I, I, I keep telling these people that's got this, this uh, rapture, uh, those three or four scriptures that they use with the rapture theory. The fact, the number one fact is the rapture is not even mentioned in the Bible. There's a catching away of, 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 of a sorts, but you want to understand the important part of all that. That bless God that I'm giving you something here that is going to be, is going to entail throughout the Bible. What we're doing with Torah entails the entire Bible. What we're talking about, bless God, is numbers upon numbers upon numbers of scriptures, and it is not just a scripture or two. Now again, how did we get duped into that? I'll tell you how we got duped into that. It wasn't the prophets. And I think, I think, I think if, I think if anything else, the church needs to really, really, really stop and contemplate is that nothing comes to us except God first reveal it under the, His secrets, under His prophets. And, 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 uh, and if we could just get that part straight, then it, you could just say, if a prophet didn't bring it, then it shouldn't have been here. Amen. It'd be just that simple. Did a prophet bring, bring the rapture? No. Some little girl had a dream of the church going up in the air. The pastor said, that's the catching away, and that's when it began. All those years ago over in Europe. Now, did that make it so? No. And I'll tell you why. I talked about a pastor and a little girl. I didn't talk about a prophet. 
And, and you know, when you get into these things that we've talked about, why did we keep, why did we stop keeping Passover and have Easter? What prophet stood up and said that? No prophet. So you see, if you'll, if you'll apply that in itself, it'll take the whole thing a long way. A long, long way. Let's go, if you will now, to 1 Kings. And the 1 Kings. And we'll go into the, the 8th chapter. And a, we'll use a verse here. 8.35. 1 Kings 8.35. Now, then hear thou in heaven and forgive the sin of thy servants and of thy people Israel, that thou teach them the good way wherein they should walk, and give rain upon thy land, which thou hast given to thy people for an inheritance. Again, we're seeing what? This is coming from heaven. Coming from heaven. Then hear thou in heaven and forgive. So as we pray, and you know, of course, the prayer, the model prayer that we were given by Yeshua, Yeshua, I mean, was our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it all does what? It all rotates around heaven and his throne room. That's heavy stuff, isn't it? When you stop and you think about it. You know, I've said for years and years, folks, we're just, we're just pawns upon a great big board that God moves around. And every generation, every generation that there ever has been or ever will be, uh, this being the last one, I guess we could say that we're it, but the fact of it is, is God has just moved us around as He wanted to move us around. Now, if we stretched our imagination a bit, our minds, I think that probably we could realize that there's times that God definitely moves us around in that great big board and, and gets us in a position, what? To be blessed. And that's really what God wants to do. He wants to get us in position to be blessed. Why? If we are a blessing, then people will look at us, and then they're going to say, how did you do that? And you're going to say, well, you know, we, we keep Torah. We're Torah observant. We keep the testimonies of Yeshua, His his son, and, and that's the way all this works. But if we're never blessed, then no one is ever going to do what? No one's ever going to notice, are they? You know, that was the thing that I, I, I got into again this week, up in, last week in Canada. I kept saying, what makes you different? What makes you different than the heathen that lives up and down the street where you live? What makes you different? Well, I'm a Christian. Fine, you're a Christian, but what makes you different? There has to be some way, surely, as a Christian, that you are what? You stand out from among the heathens. And you want to know something? For the most part, the church and the heathens look the same in the way that they're being blessed. They look the same. In some cases, the heathens got more. I can't tell you how many times people come to me and said. I don't understand it, Brother Deckard. I just don't understand it. This guy that lives down the street from me, I'm serving God. And he started going through all this stuff that he did. And, and, and he got done. He said, can you tell me why? He said, that guy doesn't serve God. And, and, and he's got a yacht. He's got an airplane. He's got all this stuff and the money in the bank. I said, what do you think? Well, he said, I'll tell you one thing. He's doing better than I am. And I'm the guy going to church. Hmm. Says something, doesn't it? What makes you different than those people? 
You know what I always said? We live in a time when God said that He would reign upon the righteous and the unrighteous alike. But that time in this generation of which we stand in this day will be different and it will change. That the wealth will now be taken from the heathens and it will be put into the hands of the children of God. The key is to understand who are the children of God. And, and, and you say, well, I go to church. Well, that doesn't make you a child of God. Well, I'm a Christian. Does that make you a child of God? Because you're a Christian? Because you're going to heaven? You know, I, you, know you, you can get real deep with this thing, but, but bless God, let's face it, folks. We are going to have to line ourselves up with the windows of heaven in order to get God talked in to open them up and do them how? Just simply by keeping Torah. That's what this whole thing was about. The whole thing was about God saying, look, if you will keep Torah, if you observe Torah and do everything, everything, all that's within Torah, then I, the Lord God, will bless you above and beyond, and I will set you on high above all the nations on the face of this earth. Now, that's a blessing, isn't it? And that, 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 that blessed God surpasses everything that there is. So, you know, for the people that say to me, well, how can this be, or why can this be, and, 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 and that, you know, I'm a Christian, and I'm not being blessed. Well, you know, that's the thing that I always say, you know, we've got to get honest. You've got to get honest. You have to be honest about this thing. You either are or you're not. You're either, you're, the windows of heaven are either opened up blessing you, or bless God, that, 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 whatever that is that comes down, that turns the earth to powder, the curse, the judgment of God is upon you. Why? I've repented. I've done all the things I need to do. Can you imagine why? And I can see why the church feels like they do about us. Because they're saying, do you know what's going to make the difference? When they begin to see that the windows of heaven have been opened up, the blessings of God have been definitely poured upon us. When they see that, folks, then they're going to have to take a recollection of their own walk. Until then, we're just like they are. We don't look a bit different, do we? Now, let's answer this question. I've had people say to me, so well, about how long does it take? About however long it takes. They say, well, I, I, well, let me tell you where the whole key to this is. If you first have to learn to observe Torah, and to do what? All of Torah. You can't do that overnight, number one. Number two, you're going to mess some of it up. Number three, after you finally get it in place, it'll be fine. I keep telling people, after the first year, if you're doing what you need to do. You know, I one time I did something kind of silly. I told the people, I said, in fact, it was right here in this church. I told people, I said, listen, if you're not, if you're not receiving from God, what you need to do is to come and you need to... to uh, uh, sit down and talk to me, and, and we'll sit, go through things and we'll see. Now, this is before I begin to teach the things of Torah, okay? This is before then. And, and, and so where I always started was right where we were at in Malachi. I said, well, I said, there are some things that, bless God, that you've got to understand. I said, there are some things that are automatic. For people that don't, for people that don't tithe, don't give offerings, I'm going to tell you something. You read down through there, you're cursed with a curse. 
you're done. You got beat before you ever got out of the chute. And then you get to wondering why it don't work. See, it says all. It don't say part, it says all. And, 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 and you know, people look at me and go, well now, Brother Deckard, I just don't believe that. I said, then you don't believe the Bible. See, that was back even when I wasn't smart enough to understand that we should have been teaching all of, of, of Torah and not just a, just a portion of it, alright? So where does it start? It starts in His Word. It ends in His Word. He's the Alpha the Ma- and, and, and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And He doesn't change. Somehow we thought He did. Let's go to Psalms, the book of Psalms, uh, 78. Psalms 78. There's so much to be said about it. So much about what God has done. The 23rd verse. Psalm 78, 23. Though He had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given to them corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, and by his power he brought it in the south wind. He raised flesh also upon them as dust, and uh, feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea. And he let it fall in the, the, the midst of their camp, round about their habitations. So they did eat, and were, 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 were filled, for he gave them their own desire. Now, this is so important to get a hold of and to understand. Where did the manna come? It came from heaven. Why did God send it? Because they had been obedient to Him. We are coming into time. And I haven't been backward about saying to you over and over, that if we don't learn to move into the miraculous, we're not going to make it. The mark of the beast is coming. You're going to have to make, you know, we're going to make choices. As a, to the church, there's no choice to be made because they'll take the mark believing that it's not real because they're going to be raptured. It's not the real mark. They're going to take it, burn for eternity over it. And most of them still, most of them or a lot of them will be speaking in, in other tongues. But our, our challenge to this thing is to know and to understand that God is going to do what? He's going to bring down to us from heaven what it is that we have need of in this day and this hour. And now, see, the, the first great test that I see that we're going to go through is the plague. And I said first test, didn't I? Because as I told you, the Lord God said that there will be another plague that will come on the heels uh, of of this this thing with the with the avian flu or H5N1 that it will come now uh, um, I don't uh, I don't I don't see you and I <laughs> being in any other position than we're in than just to believe God you see when you get in a position when there's all that's left is just to believe God there isn't anything else there's not going to be anything else to do except just to believe God then what will they do? What will they do when that time comes? Are they going to be able to believe God? 
Or bless God, are they going to be in a position to still be trying to call the pastor and ask the pastor, Pastor, what do you believe? Well, as I said, that's when the whole thing's going to come to a point when they're going to go see some of these pastors and drag them out in the front yard and beat the thunder out of them. You say, well, how can that be? Do you know what it would be like to be so frustrated? So frustrated. And I'll tell you what, people like us are going to cause them to be frustrated too. And we might as well understand that. They're going to, they're going to wonder, well, why is it they're not? What, what is it that they're not coming down with all this stuff? And we're just simply going to say it's because we observe and do all of His commandments. We have the testimony of Yeshua, the Son of Yahweh. And the rest of it is what? It's just history. Well, God, God, you know, when you begin to see and you begin to understand, as the psalmist wrote here, the fact of it is He rained down heaven upon them. Or man, I'm sorry, manna upon them and given them the corn of heaven. It's all up there, isn't it? It's all up there. And when God opens the windows, wouldn't you like to just see that one time? Wouldn't you like to be just there when He said, All right, I don't know how many angels it takes to open the windows of heaven, but they get opened. Maybe He speaks it and it just happens. But however it takes place, when those, when those windows open, whatever He has pronounced to this earth or, or to a people come. Now, can God pour out a blessing upon an individual? Obviously, yes, He can. Will He? Yes, He will. That's the only thing that makes you and I different from the rest of them. When you stop and think about it, the only thing that's going to make us different is the blessings from God. Nothing else is going to really matter except whether we're being blessed or we're not being blessed. Let's go to Matthew, the 13th chapter of Matthew. Matthew 13. And Matthew 13... Now... You know, we, uh, the disciples had gone to him and asked him why, actually we're starting 10, and the disciples came and said to him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Now notice it's the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. It's, it, it, it's, it's given to us to understand those mysteries. Now, we are, are quickly coming into the time when those mysteries... You know, I, I, I go back um, talking about the way Stephen had talked about when the, when the, the rain came and, and fell upon that rock on that day when he and I were there on that uh, cliff in the northern part of Barbados and... And he stopped and pulled the car over, and he said it was like a he says like a dream, like it really didn't happen, isn't it? When when we get into these blessings and we begin to to, to you know to pray and understand how to pray, I think more than anything to get where we can release release to the Lord God that He'll open those windows up, because within that is the entirety 
of our being as far as our existence here on this earth is what comes down out of those windows. Now, what's coming down out of those windows right now to this earth is judgment. You know, I'm still hearing some of these, some of these, uh, prophets saying, well, this is, this is their last warning now, or now this is the latter, latter part of the warnings that's coming. Let me tell you something. The fact of it is, this is judgment. Now they're having all those fires. You see all the fires now they're having down in Oklahoma and Texas, burning everything up. Now what, you know, what's next? Well, it's coming. Look at the tornado outbreak we had last weekend. Said that was a, that was the most, for this time of the year that they'd ever had had. The strongest they'd ever had had. What is that? It's just fulfillment of, of visions that, that I stood and some of which was right here behind this Bema and prophesied for years. Uh, back and back starting in, in probably 1988. And I began to talk about such things as that that was going to come. And bless God, it's come. And I told them it would, they would get stronger and they'd get stronger and they'd get stronger. My Lord, I turned on the TV and I saw a car sitting on top of a house. i never seen such a thing as that. Can you imagine what it took to, for the wind to pick a car up and set it up on top of a house, of all things in this world? But we'll see again the, the mysteries of the kingdom. It's given unto us to know. Now, when you begin, now, when you begin to think about that, we begin to realize that it's given to us to know. We then have to back up and, and, and begin to, to, to meditate upon on the very thing that we are made in the image of God. In His very likeness we're made. And as I've been trying to teach you with, with some of this stuff about the miraculous is what you and I have to begin to do is to begin to understand that we have the same capabilities that God has. We are here on this earth. We are, if you will, we have been uh, taxed with this clothing body of which God has placed our spirit in as locked our spirits inside of these bodies for a season. But even though these spirits are locked inside of these bodies for that season, we go back and we begin to examine and we begin to look at the prophets, we begin to look at the, the people of God on the face of this earth in the, in, the, in the Bible, and we begin to see them do great, great exploits, don't we? When Elisha did what? Called the iron, the iron axe up off of the off of the off the bottom of the of, of the of the of the pond or that that stream or the river, extra fire came down from where heaven. Now all of that accumulates itself as to being able to do what? Number one, the first point is to understand who you are in Him in Yeshua, connected to His Father. Once that connection. You can make that connection. Now, that connection has to be made what? Supernaturally. Because we're dealing with a supernatural matter, and we're not dealing with, bless God, uh, uh, natural matter. That's, where, you know, that's the reason I keep talking about these things with these supernatural miracle healings in these services all across the country. What people have to realize is, this is God. This is God, and it's His anointing, or His anointed vessel, that can open up the windows of heaven and cause and cause those miracles to come and sit upon the people which it did. Now that's not a bit different than Elijah did. 
And I'm not at all comparing myself to him, but I'm just saying that he was able to command that fire to come down and to consume that altar and, and the sacrifice and lick up the water and everything else. Well, that, 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 when, when, when you get yourself into this thing, you begin, yes, we call it the anointing for any better terms of the matter. Now, I've got to be careful here because I'm getting into some things I'm going to, I'm going to be preaching here when we do this seminar here in a few weeks. But the fact of it is, we have to move into that. We have to be able to understand, and there's ways to do that. Can it be taught? Yes, I think it can be taught, but I also know one thing. It can't be taught without a complete, an absolute complete vow to God that you're going to walk before Him in holiness. And that's dangerous. Can I say that again? That's dangerous. Because all of us shoot our mouths off about what we're going to do with God and just because it all sounds good and we get tickled over it and then we find out we've got to live with it. Amen? And then we break the vow and then what happens? All hell comes home to visit and we don't understand why. Well, we'll try, we'll try to cover, we'll try to cover those things best we can, best we can, uh, when we, uh, when we get to that seminar. Let's go to Matthew 16. Matthew 16 and the 19th verse. And now, this is really neat. Let's start in the 17th verse. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, for Jonah. For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in where? Heaven. Because, you know, Peter called him the Christ, the Mashiach. And he said, Only my Father which is in heaven could have done that. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of what? Of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt be loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Have you heard me pray? When I pray and I bind that stinking whatever that's going on, I say I bind you, and that which I bind on this earth will be bound in heaven, and I curse the condition, and that condition will be, will be cursed not only on this earth, but in heaven itself. That's the way I pray. How did I learn to do that? When the Lord God sent the angel to teach me, that's when I learned. Okay? And that was his instruction. He said, when you do that, you bind it, and it's bound not only on earth, but in heaven. When you curse, you curse not only on earth, but in heaven. And what does he said? He said, I, he said, he said, I have given thee the, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, what can you loose on earth and loose on heaven? Manna, fire, everything you're going to have need of during this time that this plague is about to come, where you can't get out of your homes. What do you call? How are you going to call for protection? You call for protection from heaven. You ask the Lord God to loose, to loose the 91st Psalm upon you and yours. Now, once you get into this and you begin to really study it and you begin to learn, see, uh, the, the thing, the thing that, I, that I love about what God does with me is that He's taught me in the supernatural realm. He's taught me spiritual things. 
He's taught me how to operate on this earth through a supernatural means, which He is. And that's the reason that you see the success that I have is because I just understand how to do it. I understand 